Sabah al-Khair, Sabah al-Yasmin from Bethlehem. This morning we're going all the way to San Francisco and we're joined by a fantastic chef, Chef Samir Mghannam. Chef, good morning. It's such a pleasure to have you with us. Sabah al-Khair, Chef Fadi. It is a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me. It's quite an honor. Mir, um, you own and cook at Betrima. And Betrima is named after your mother. How did you start in the food industry? Yes, yeah, so I started Betrima here in San Francisco, um, February 1st, 2019. It's a fine, fast, casual, um, Arabic concept. Um, we don't do any shawarma or sandwiches. Um, we kind of just want to really work on preserving and exposing, um, Arab cuisine. Um, how did I get into the uh, culinary industry? Great question. When I was 19 years old, I came across uh, an amazing chef here in San Francisco and was so inspired by him. I started coming to work for him for free in my time off. I would do dishes. He taught me how to dice onions, um, taught me all the lingo. He would end up hiring me later on. Um, from there, we'd open a couple more restaurants. And I branched out um, eventually and worked at some of the best restaurants in San Francisco, worked for a bunch of amazing chefs. And throughout the way, I always knew that I reflected and I knew that my mom's cooking was so amazing and that one day I wanted to preserve and expose that and share that with people. That's a, a bit the way that a lot of people have gone through, which is work in other kitchens and then want to share our cuisine but you say arab cuisine and not palestinian cuisine is there a reason why you you call it arab cuisine are you covering a bigger regional influence what, what's the thought behind it that's a great question um so when i went to open this restaurant my dad was a bit cautious of me calling it arab or arabic cuisine and most most places just about all places call their food mediterranean or middle eastern and i think that's very vague uh mediterranean could be french it could be spanish it could be italian obviously it could be greek um middle eastern could be persian could be turkish all of which are not Arabic. So I wanted to be specific to Arab and Arabic cuisine and culture, um, which is, you know, which is Palestinian, which is, you know, Lebanese, which is Jordanian, which is Egyptian, um, which are all, you know, influences that were around me growing up uh, through family, friends, and, you know, obviously my family. So, for me, it was groundbreaking calling it Arabic over Mediterranean or Middle Eastern. You just don't see that here in the States too often. And when I described it to writers, um, I told them that, you know, the food's mostly Palestinian, Jordanian. And so in a lot of articles, they do label us as Palestinian. And, you know, we are proud to share that we are Palestinian. My mom is Jordanian. Um my dad's Palestinian, and uh, we've been mentioned um, in the Los Angeles Times recently as a Palestinian restaurant. 
um, in the, in America. We've been mentioned in New York Times as a Palestinian restaurant that's in the country. Um, in our huge uh, San Francisco Chronicle review, our article, uh, the subtitle lists um, celebrating my Palestinian heritage. So we're definitely an Arab-Palestinian restaurant. Um, I take influences from all over. And at the end of the day, you know, any food I make is Palestinian because I'm Palestinian. Um, and it's really awesome. Some, some dishes have different inspirations from different places. Some dishes I come up with, with, you know, the ingredients I think make sense. Um, it's really awesome. That's fantastic. You know, I was asking the question because Yes, Mediterranean, Middle Eastern actually are so vague that, that it doesn't give an identity. And I was wondering, because I know your, your mother is Jordanian, your father is Palestinian, and, and the, I've seen your work, which is quite impressive, and the, the identity you're giving to, to your food and to your kitchen, your cuisine. Um, but let's go back to your family a bit. What was young Samir's favorite dish? Wow, hard question. So I'm just going to splurt out a bunch of dishes that I love. Uh, my mom's Jordanian. She makes an amazing mensef. She makes an amazing kusa mashi. What at the wali. Those are some off the top of my head. Uh, fasulia, bamia. Um, man, you know, meze, Sunday morning meze. Uh, definitely are these are all that um hold close to me and these are dishes that are really hard to execute you know on a commercial level so you know hopefully one day i'll figure out how to you know prepare these dishes on a large scale and, and dish them out at a high quality um but my dad's favorite dish is msachin it was the one dish my mom didn't execute so well um but msachin is definitely one of my favorites um uh, oh my god Mulchia i could eat every day my mom's always making Mulchia. uh yeah i love my mom you know she gets excited about you know the micro seasonal ingredients you know the mishmish in the early summer and you know the baby fava beans in the early spring and you know the green almonds um the the unripe plums these are all things my mom goes crazy over these little ingredients, you know, the the young young dates that are still bitter and yellow. But I would definitely say my favorite dish is uh, what at the wali and mulchia. Of mulchia and your mother, um, recently she was at Betrima supervising you doing mulchia. How does she feel now that her son is cooking a bit of her food and sharing? the love of Arabic food and Palestinian and Jordanian food with your guests, with your customers. How does it feel for her to, to see you do that today? She is extremely proud. She's extremely proud of me. Uh, it feels really good um, to be able to make your parents proud, especially when they were struggling financially. Um, San Francisco is a very hard place to make it happen period it's a very hard place to find an apartment that's affordable which is actually just not feasible to find that really almost 
um, over 500 restaurants closed in in San Francisco in 2019. We're talking about an area that's seven by seven miles and over 500 restaurants closed. We have the highest payroll in the country, maybe even the world. We have uh, some of the highest taxes for restaurants, um, double, triple payroll taxes. So I'm very proud uh, to be able to do it in such a, a competitive and adverse arena and to do Arabic food, which is, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, Arabs sometimes have a negative stigma in America, unfortunately. And I really wanted to take those challenges head on. Um, my mom's super happy. I decided to name it after her. I'm super happy. It took me eight years to realize that was the perfect name. Um, and yeah, she's just super proud. She's just it really, really, she loves it. It's, it's really an amazing thing. And, you know, just growing up, um, watching my mom host dinner parties and spread that Arab hospitality and that food and that love, you know, that's a great foundation to start your restaurant on. Um, we, that's what we want to make people feel like they're coming into our house and um, that give them that overwhelming Arab hospitality. And that's what you're replicating every day in your restaurant. Um, the hospitality, it's extremely important to see the transmission of these recipes, the values. Um, would you like to tell us a bit about your guests, the people who come and eat at Betrima? Who are they? Um, what happens when it's their first time eating our food? And you know, what's, what's the experience you go through with them? Our guests come in all different ages, religions, cultures, social classes. Um, you know, I've had two different couples who came to eat Beirima the night before their babies were born. I've had people in their late 90s make their way into our tight, uh, bustling, busy dining room on, you know, walkers with assistance. Um, Babies with Lebanon all over their face, Christians, Muslims, a lot of, a lot of Jews, a good percentage of my, uh, customers are Jewish and Israeli. They absolutely love the food. Um, I've brought people to tears. You know, the, sometimes just the comfort of the food and the story behind it, um, has brought people to tears before. People laugh with their friends. People experience nostalgia. Um, people, it brings people back to a place and time and it brings emotion and, uh, people absolutely love the food. It's a great, um, great cost, great presentation, great quality, amazing flavors. And people really love that. Um, people, people have told me that it's not their favorite restaurant in San Francisco. It's their favorite place in San Francisco. Just the vibe. Uh, it's one of the things I really miss is, the dining room being packed uh, and full of my my customers. Um, I'm still so happy and fortunate that they're still supporting us through takeout, outdoor dining, uh, delivery, uh, gift cards. They've been supporting us. You could get gift cards at baitremasf.com. You could uh, it's an e-gift card. You could send it to a friend that may be in the states. Um, but our guests are really amazing, and you know, obviously, food is is, is a bit political and. When, when people come into my restaurant, I, I tell them, we don't talk politics. 
here we just spread we just spread love we just bring um, uh, this is what i say we bring people together through love and food we don't talk politics that's what i say samir it's fantastic to hear this um but food is always a bit political um and, and you mentioned you have israeli guests um and then jewish guests so for me it's two different things people are of whatever belief and faith they choose to be and that doesn't mean anything political for me but when people are of israeli nationality how do they react being in a palestinian restaurant and eating some of the food that sadly they've often claimed is theirs while it's actually originally palestinian i would say uh, my experiences with israelis at beit rima has been great people just love the food they just love good food i think they're just happy to be able to get delicious food that reminds them of where they're from or the food that they love or the food that their family makes um you know hummus is israeli nowadays but obviously that came from palestinians the same way you know maybe kefilte fish is israeli but it came from a certain influence in their diaspora so i would love to and hope to think that you know israelis acknowledge that a lot of them do some of them don't but i mean it's the it's the truth that you know hummus falafel all these foods are arab and um if israelis want to take it as their own and make it part of their cuisine god bless them why not you know that's that's their cuisine which is a new cuisine that they're making it's a very diverse cuisine and uh, if they want to make a majority of their cuisine arabic for me that's uh um you know that makes me that makes i'm like wow you know that's cool they they love our food that much they want to make our food their food so for me it's like a compliment but for someone to you know just not acknowledge that the roots of you know our food are from us is is obviously ignorant and you know i would hope people don't think like that but you know i would say most israelis do acknowledge that the roots of their food of the majority of their food are palestinian and um yeah it's important to uh to let that technology that and let that be known actually this is where we differ i don't think you can make somebody else's cuisine yours you can cook their cuisine and say it's theirs and cook it well and what i see at least in palestine and in most of the world is israeli chefs cooking palestinian food and not saying it's palestinian but that's also i think a bit the difference between kitchens that have been deeply rooted for thousands of years vis-a-vis uh, kitchens that are a hodgepodge assembly of different cultures and different food histories um i mean pizza is not american pizza is italian and it has to be acknowledged that it's italian it's a bit the same thing with hummus and falafel and and everything else and sakhan and uh, laban jamid and they're not israeli they're palestinian and 
an Israeli chef can cook them, and of course an Israeli guest can enjoy them, but they're Palestinian. Um, so, Betrima is doing well despite the challenges today. Your mother Rima is there um, keeping a, a great eye on, on, on what you're cooking. Um, now, just a question about produce. What are your favorite Palestinian products to work with? And part of the reason why I started Beit Rima was because a lot of Middle Eastern Arabic food concepts are emerging and being labeled as Israeli. And uh, that's why I wanted to do Beit Rima. I wanted to do our food the right way, do it well, and represent for Arabs and Palestinians that this is our food, this is the way it's done. Um, you know, we like a lot of lemon on our hummus and, you know, oil and flavor, you know. Uh, I have a friend who's Israeli here in San Francisco, and he just opened up a hummus shop. And, you know, his hummus has no lemon, barely any salt. And it's really smooth in texture with a lot of tahina. And to me, that's not hummus. But to him, it's Israeli hummus. To me, it's not really hummus. It's, it's like a chickpea tahini whip. You know, to me, hummus is thicker. It's got a lot of lemon and olive oil and jalapenos and garlic. And none of that is in his hummus. Um, so I wanted to represent, you know, what we do, how we do it, and uh, put a good name on it. Samir, I... I... Beg to differ, there's nothing called Israeli hummus. Um, there's Palestinian hummus done by Israeli chefs. But anyway, it, it's for me, it's a lot about culinary appropriation and how people are using our cuisine. Um, Israeli chefs cook hummus fine, but they can't call it Israeli. Another thing that does really frustrate me with um, the whole Israeli cuisine and how they label things is they are very open in um, acknowledging Yemeni things, Iraqi, you know, um, Syrian dishes. But they, yeah, you're right. They never call they will never call a dish Palestinian. That is frustrating, and it is uh, heart wrenching. And you know, I hope the word Palestinian does come up more as a representation in their cuisine. Um, I'm not going to lie. When I see, you know, Israeli salad on the menu or Israeli pickles, I mean, yeah, it's a bit frustrating for me. I'm not going to lie. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, if they want to call their food that, um, it would be nice to get some more acknowledgement. But, you know, uh, try to keep an open mind as much as I can. But, you know, so for me, instead of kind of being you know, just so mad about it and whatever. I just like, you know what? I'm going to just represent our food and label our food and do it the best I can. And uh, that's my kind of my way of combating it. And Rima and Samir must be doing fantastic Palestinian food. What's the favorite ingredient you use in your kitchen that's Palestinian? Zatar, What's the thing you really enjoy coming up and creating dishes with? Just off the top, uh, lebna, olive oil, zatar, bahra, 
are some of my favorite flavors to work with in the kitchen tahina. Um, but to further answer your question with the produce, what's my favorite produce? I love working with local farms here in California for the best seasonal produce. And I love taking those ingredients and um, making them Palestinian when Palestine, when, when Americans didn't even know that those ingredients were already Palestinian, like corn. People don't know that, you know, we grow corn, we eat corn, we sell corn on the streets of Ramallah. Uh, people don't know that there's uh, pumpkins. They're harvesting pumpkins in Palestine right now. So, you know, I really love that, you know, um, kind of people, they just think it's all shawarma and cucumbers and tomatoes when it's really so much more than that. For example, we're doing a, a summer corn dish right now. It's grilled. We top it with spiced tahina and nana or mint. And it's really simple and delicious. Um, you know, the, the tahina is like pink because we kind of spike it with some Aleppo and some mac and urfa chili. And um, it's just a really true dish that I came up with that I feel like represents the ingredients and the culture very well. Um, another dish that that dish is on our menu right now. Another dish I put on the menu is um, I labeled it just delicata squash with brown butter lebna and a pine nut dukkha. And the dukkha is mainly uh, like baharat spices. Um, so, that, you know, that dish was so good and people loved it so much. I actually just kept it on the menu. Um, because the delicata, when it goes out of season, we're just, we're able to get acorn squash all year. So that winter squash menu, it's, a uh, it's on the menu for good now. The brown butter lebne is just amazing with it, with the bahra and the pine nuts and a little olive oil. And man, it's just, you know, and people don't think about squash as an Arab ingredient. I didn't even growing up. I didn't know. You know, that we have so many pumpkins in Palestine and I go on Instagram and I see that they're harvesting these huge, beautiful pumpkins in Palestine. And I mean, that's really what it's all about is preserving all our culture, exploring it, heightening our food and, you know, sharing it with people. And real quick, today, you know, I do agree it's a pro appropriation. I do agree it's a touchy subject. And, uh, you know, I do agree it's Palestinian. Um, but at the end of the day, we can't really control other cultures and what they claim to be their cuisine. So that's why I decided to just kind of handle what I can control and, uh, label and represent our food appropriately and, uh, spreading that to as many people as I can. So I don't, I wouldn't like to say we defer completely, um, because I do agree with you, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it's just complicated. I just choose to, you know, address it in maybe a different way. But I wouldn't say we defer completely. But, you know, all food has been spread around throughout time and the world. And, you know, it's just it's just complicated. But I'm just going to represent for us as best as I can within my control. Another seasonal dish that's coming up that I'm going to put back on the menu that I came up with last year that I really love. It's just sliced uh, fresh figs over some lebne with salt, pepper, olive oil, some toasted crushed hazelnuts, and the key ingredient, karub, carob molasses. This is an amazing combination. And, you know, 
uh, I believe figs and karub and olives are all in the same botanical family, and they're all just such Palestinian ingredients, and they just work so beautifully together. It's an amazing dish. That's fabulous. You're, you're telling me about the produce and the dishes and the fresh produce from local farmers, and I'm just, my mouth is watering. I would love to come to San Francisco and try your food. I would love to have you here in San Francisco, and uh, it's an open invitation. You're a VIP anytime you come through. We'll give you a place to stay. Uh, we'll, I'll give you a car. I'll give you all the food. Uh, Habibi, anything, man. You're a family. You have family here in San Francisco, and I really, really, really look forward to visiting you in Bethlehem one day. I haven't been there since 2004. It's my only time ever going. And but you know, hopefully as things calm down, hopefully I can uh, get over there soon. Well, it's the same thing. Yalla, come to Palestine. You'll stay with us, and we'll cook together. Because I would love to cook with you, Samir. Thank you for being with us this morning. Uh, you've given us a beautiful insight into what you're doing in San Francisco. I know it's the tip of the iceberg. I invite all of our listeners to follow you, to follow Betrima, to keep in touch with what you're doing, because you're doing a great, great honor to Palestinian food and to Jordanian food, and putting all of this on a nice table with a lot of love and sharing it. Chef Fatty, thank you so much, man. It is truly, truly, truly an honor to be with you, on with you today. Truly an honor to be able to represent our cuisine, Palestinian food, uh, I believe the best food in the world. And um, I really look forward to trying your food in Bethlehem one day and cooking, cooking with you would be such an honor, such a dream would be such a beautiful thing, really. Uh, I really look forward to making it happen, and I thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on this beautiful podcast, and I thank you so much for what you're doing. I really appreciate it, Habibi. Allah maaf. Chef Samir, have a great day. Thank you so much. We're so happy that you were on Sabah Yasmin this morning. The honor is ours, and you've taken the time, and I can't wait to cook with you.